Welcome to C19 Daily. I'm Karen Romano. This week, we're bringing you a series of interviews with experts. Today, we have with us Dr. Larry Barton. Dr. Barton is widely regarded as one of the world's leading experts in crisis response and threat assessment. A professor of crisis management at the University of Central Florida, Larry has a private practice in workplace violence mitigation and recovery effort after an incident that spans 30 years of serving Fortune 500 members. His fifth and newest book, The Violent Person at Work, was just released and unlocked some of some common risk factors in over 3,400 incidents of threats and violence. His publisher literally stopped the presses so Larry could address the new world of work in a COVID-19 environment. Larry, welcome. Thank you so much, Karen. Thanks for being here. And Jason, I'm going to hand it over to you. We have Jason Zimmerman, who's going to lead the interview and kind of really dig into the details here. Great. Thanks, Karen. Dr. Barton, thanks so much for uh, joining our podcast. It's really exciting to have you here Thank as you, we uh, start start into, the, into these conversations. It's fantastic. Um, so getting right into it, right? So we had, um, we had Lee Cockerell on earlier in the week. We talked about leadership and returning to work and putting the best foot forward. And now we want to talk to you specifically. I mean, you have your new book out, Managing Anxiety, right? So what is this, what is this new world going to look like for us? You know, how should employers prepare you know, to re- do that reduction in anxiety for people? You know, it's a completely upside down world. It is. You know, I think part of this has to do with the whole notion of reduce surprise. If an employer is smart, what they're doing, Jason, is that they're doing everything possible as they bring back their employees. And don't forget the contractors. It's a big part of the workplace, right? As you bring them back, make sure that you've accustomed them and you've told them in advance that you might have physical distancing of six feet, that equipment has been changed out during this period, that the security protocols will be different. It might be that the lobby is going to look different. Right? You're going to potentially have a different whole system of how people badge in, badge out, what the cafeteria will look like. Imagine this. I think, Karen, you can relate to this. Jason, anyone can. Yeah, a lot of people have anxiety disorders. Right? They have issues before COVID-19. Possibly they have sleep disorders. For anybody who had issues prior to this, can you imagine coming back to work and what happens to them in that new world? So in answer to your question, whatever you can do to inform and engage, prior, and my preference is three to five days before you reopen, you should try to give some either visual or verbal explanations of what may be different. If you do that, that's risk mitigation, and that's good business. Yeah, and that's what, you know, that's been a theme throughout this is, you know, listening to people and, you know, sharing the information you have. You know, if you're unsure what to do, don't be scared to ask. Ask your employers, you know, what do you expect when you come back to work? Ask your customers. What do you expect to see? What should the environment look like when you come back to work? You know, so that's really important. And then meet those expectations too. If you ask, you have to, you know, you have to, uh, you know, advance on that. You have to execute on that. So, you know, if you're going to listen and you're going to get that feedback, you really have to execute on that. So, so it's like, okay, well, this is what I actually expect. They asked me, they gave me feedback. Right now, I'm expecting to see, you know, my hairdresser to have a mask on, or I'm expecting to right. have to be take a temperature before I walk in my front door at work. You know, I but think what that's you just really, references, really, yeah, really, I love what you just said because it's, what's really key in terms of just thinking this out, Jason, is for the BCP leader especially, 
and I don't think it's much different than the human resource world. What happens is we all tend to have our group of cronies, right? We have a group that we turn to as kind of this beta. Hey, what do you think about the design of a new lobby? What do you think about this satellite firm? What kind of system should we engage? But we tend to go back to the same people all the time because they're verbal, they're affable, they're very wonderful employees. My suggestion is because the world is different, and to your good point, because the world of work is profoundly different, maybe this time, as you prepare for coming back to work, go beyond the typical circle that's within your focus group. Find the people that you typically don't listen to and ask them, is this what you need? Are we addressing the topics that are pertinent to you? We need to expand our circle and expand that focus group. Yeah, it's and especially being in the bubble for the last six, seven, eight weeks, right? You you've only ever talked to the same people constantly, right. same perspectives, the same news channel, the same whatever. You know, you have to you have to look out outside of your normal circle. That's that's really something to consider. Um, and I think half the reason we're doing this, you know what I mean, is really trying to you know bring experts like you, you know, in to be able to give us those different perspectives. You know, normally Karen and I sit here and we go through the news and we pontificate about some. You know, we boil down some of the news. You know, for some of the people that don't have time to read articles, and you know, it's just us. And it's you know, we wanted to bring in thought leaders to say what else should be thinking about. And that's really what you're saying to say, get out of your normal circle of cronies, you know, talk to somebody else for a change, somebody, you know, that is at the other end of the building. What do they anticipate the environment to be like? Right. You know, and that that's really what it comes down to. So what should the environment look like, you know, from, from your perspective, a little bit more like a little bit more hands-on to say, you know, sure. what should I be walking into? So the first thought would be, you know, obviously many operations work on three shifts, but whether you're one shift or three, part of it would be whenever people come back, first consider staging it out. Don't have everyone come back at eight o'clock in the morning or everyone come back at three o'clock for the afternoon shift. Consider having people come back at different times because first you'll have less congestion. You'll give people an opportunity to really get a sense of what the new dynamic of work looks like, including maybe no changes at all. That's a fine thing. Have leadership there in the lobby, not shaking hands, but kind of setting the pace in terms of there is physical distancing that's now in place. Have a giveaway. And I mean this sincerely, not because I believe in giving something out, but rather it's an active and a gesture. People have been dealing with their kids. They've been dealing with their parents. They have major losses that we've all lost, maybe just the ability to connect with people. So I'm very serious when I say this. If you buy a huge M&M's bar or a huge Hershey bar, or you go and get something from Nestle that's a wonderful gift kit, whatever it may be. The point is give something to people as they walk in the door. That will go so far in terms of just saying, hey, I didn't expect that. Create the unexpected, be there physically. But if you sit in your cubicle or in your office as your people are coming back to work, you have missed an incredible opportunity because to unlock business continuity, which is what your firm is so good at, to unlock business continuity, we always have to come back to people at first. But remember, if management and the executives are up in the conference room, you lost an amazing opportunity to be the very company you promised that you are. Yeah, man, that's been a reoccurring, reoccurring theme. It's all about the leadership, isn't it? And this is a really good opportunity to really put your best foot forward and be that leader. You know, hopefully that you have been, but definitely the leader that you want to be moving forward. Well, some people so, are going to say, Jason, you know this, and Karen, you know this, but you know, people are shy. They're going to say, well, you know, I'm not a people person. Hanging out in the lobby, really, for three hours as people come in. You know what my answer is? Damn right. 
Get in there in the lobby, yeah. right? Show a nice yeah. face, welcome people back, tell them how thrilled them, ask if they want to grab a candy bar or whatever, whatever, a pet toy or whatever out of a basket. Make them feel good about being back at work. Do your best to be human beings because before you get back to the work of work, we have to socialize. And if you do that, you reduce mm -hmm. the temperature. Imagine that, you reduce the temperature of anxiety. That's an act of goodness. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what do you think jumping into? So we've talked about coming back to work, easing and making it a gradual pace and setting the expectations, but how do you identify that potential situation that could be arising? You know, what are some of the, you know, maybe the signs, if you will? Thank you. Well, first, a strong suggestion would be make sure that your human resource group and your security group, and you and I have worked together in security and for, you know, major Fortune 10. I can just tell you that if you don't have security in HR and lockstep with BCP, you lose an opportunity. And here's a thought. If someone is just making strange statements, if they're struggling in their workspace, if they're potentially crying, if they make a statement that's just awkward. You know, some people are suicidal. Some people, and I don't want to be melodramatic, but the point is some people do deal with mental illness. And so mm -hmm. just understand that that's why having your threat assessment team or at least a good, strong HR presence and then if need be, make sure that you know how to contact your employee assistance program. Every good employer, including most small employers, have access to an employee assistance program, 24-7 free confidential counseling. Remind people, and this is where we have an opportunity, we never talk about the EAP as a benefit. We just say, hey, call EAP. Well, you know what that says to me as an employee? What, do they think I'm a head case? So EAP benefit, emphasize that it's free and 100% confidential. So if we do that, here's an opportunity early to prevent someone from potentially having an emotional or a physical response to coming back to work. And that's risk mitigation. So long before we get to business continuity, we have to be thinking about how do you reduce risk? And if you identify and ask people if they're concerned about a coworker, Fine, speak up, talk to us in confidence, and we'll manage it in a timely manner. That's trust, right? And if you have the trust of your people, you're winning. Yeah, yeah, you're showing that you're there for them. You know, and we were talking earlier, you know, it's you don't know necessarily what's behind the front door. Everybody's front door is a little different, you know, and this is this situation is, you know, all those situations are going to be escalated, if you will. You know, it just makes everybody a, just a little bit more restless. You know, so yeah. it's, you know, I told the story earlier. It's like every, you know, before you used to look at somebody a little silly if they had a mask on walking through an airport or walking through a grocery store. You know, nowadays it's like if you don't have a mask on, sometimes people look at you a little crazy, you know? That's right. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. I had just two discussions yesterday with different clients, and this was a learning curve for me. But all of us, as you mentioned, have had seven to nine weeks to kind of prepare as you adjusted. Now, some businesses that were essential obviously remained open and really did not have a chance. But think about this. Even the large retailers, even the large food stores were able to put one-way placements in terms of aisles. Even those stores were able, including some home improvement stores, to put up huge plastic or acrylic blockades to try to protect their people while they were still operating largely 24-7 with cleaning. Pretty astounding. But here's the question. For those that are coming back and you really didn't operate for five to seven weeks, what did you do? And so if you didn't make changes to your protocols, you may have an EHS headache, you may have an OSHA headache, you could have claims from your employees that you missed this opportunity to have contractors come in and make safety adjustments to the workplace. 
So this discussion was fascinating for me because I had one who said, Larry, in the past eight weeks, you know, working with you, here's what we've been able to do. And it was stunning. It was a punch list of safety. So that it's not a complete new environment when people come back. But I will tell you, it's absolutely stunning to see the safety measures. The other employer, unfortunately, in Nebraska, just the opposite, missed the opportunity. And people are coming back to largely the same exact environment as before. They're going to have a huge, huge um, opportunity to try to come up with some quick answers because people are you know, pretty verbal today. As you know, you see this in incidents, they're becoming a little bit more provocative and in your face. What have you done to protect me is a reasonable question for any employee that comes back to work now. Yeah, high expectations when it comes to that. And, you know, rightfully so, you know, in this day and age, you have that, you, you, it's not like it's out of reach, you know, it's easy to put up a plexiglass wall and you've seen it, you know, we share grocery stores, we, you know, we, <laughs> we both live in Florida. So, right. you know, it's the grocery store chain. I know exactly what you mean with the aisles, one way aisles. There, there's opportunities to do those types of things and create that safety. Right. You know, so it's, it's, yeah. And then I can think, you know, just locally to me, there's retail that haven't been open in the last eight weeks. And what are they walking into? You know, no, I know walk drives driving through just to see what's going on. You can see that they haven't been open. So, you know, I'm expecting to walk into some of these retailers and let's face it, before they closed, it wasn't even St. Patrick's Day yet. You know, we're going to walk right. in and there's St. Patrick's Day decorations on the wall, let alone no safety, you can know? You so it's, you know, what, yeah, it's like, what is going to happen in some of these retailers? So, you know, it's definitely, um, you know, all over the spectrum on what, on the level of preparedness and what people have done, you know, and yeah. I think it goes to, you know, the, the leadership, you know, the experience of the leadership to say, we got to do something, you know, I've been through this before and you mean to tell me that you guys don't have a plan. We need to do something. Get Dr. Barton on the phone. Exactly. <laughs> right? You know, it's really, it's really, you know, it's really what comes down to it, you know? So it's about the experience and the leadership and trying to put the best foot forward, you know, and like you said, and if you don't know, you better be asking people outside of your circle, you know, not somebody that's just going to be a guest man to say, Oh, you know, Oh, you guys are doing a great job. You know, don't worry everybody. It'll be fine when we open, you know, it's no, no it's not. Have a beta, do a soft opening, take a day and say, we're not going to bring yep. back hundred percent of our people. We're going to bring back 20% of our people, right? Why have the mm -hmm. restaurants and why have many retailers and, around the country, regardless of the sector. Why have many enterprises said 25%? Because it's a beta, it gives you a soft opening, right? Why do you have you know, a party before a wedding? It's kind of to kind of test the, the crowd, see if it all is kind of coming together, right? Yeah. Why do you have a bachelor's party? everybody likes everybody. Bachelorette yeah. party, why do you do it? Why do you have a rehearsal? You have a rehearsal to make sure it doesn't go wrong. Apply that same mentality to back to work. When you think about the credit unions, mm -hmm. think about the banks, financial institutions. They've had this time to make these adjustments. When I go into a lobby, I can tell you, I have expectations of my financial institution. And if that's not met, I may take my book of business elsewhere. So you've raised a very important issue in terms of expectations. It doesn't mean that you set them so high that you can't possibly achieve them. It just means talk with your people, talk with your customers and your employees to find out what those expectations are. And then you won't be surprised and you won't have an incident. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So anything else? I mean, we've talked about some resources to have on hand. We've talked about the soft opening, um, you know, make sure the security HR is yeah. lockstep. I think oh, yeah. the EAP benefit portion is really important. 
you know, people needed that before all of this, and now maybe they'll be more likely to use it, use the benefit. I think you're right. I think the, the issue that you might want to think about, and I know you'll be talking with Jesse Stanley, who's a wonderful resource about this, is that the agitated person, the aggressive person is out there. You know, we've seen shootings just in the past couple of days, one of them at McDonald's in Oklahoma, one at a dollar store. And the bottom line is we've seen a number of them, not just those two. The, the, the issue is that our temperament is changing. And some people have had bent up anger, agitation, they're becoming punks. But it's one thing when you have someone with an attitude, now that we have people with fists, with knives and with weapons that are taking this out on first responders, you know, we've had nurses and doctors accosted in Boston at hospitals. What in God's name is going on? So just understand that the possibility for violence, when I, when I wrote this latest book, The Violent Person at Work, I wanted to emphasize that most people are wonderful, hardworking, very diligent, peaceful individuals. But there is a certain percentage of people with no history of violence that if they feel mistreated, it's just one word, one phrase, one transaction. It's if, and plus, when you have mental illness as a possible factor, or opiates or substance abuse as a factor. And something you referenced earlier, you know, we live in the South in terms of hot you know, temperatures and humidity. Any good police officer is gonna tell you that environment plays a big role in the propensity for crime. So just be thinking about the time of year, what you can do to reduce. And if there's one last point maybe that you would consider, it might be this. Train your people in how to de-escalate a volatile person. Because many people come in as a punk but you have an opportunity to train your people well to actually de-escalate a hostile person. And again, that's one way that you will have a strong business coming in and obviously at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, great. We really appreciate you being here. Sure. I'm excited, excited to read the book, Violent Person at Work. That's going to be amazing. I haven't read it yet, I have to admit. I've been a little busy lately. <laughs> I, I understand we, we so, all have. You're doing great, but I, I'm I, really glad I know, to connect right? with you. So. Yeah, fantastic. All right, well, Dr. Barton, thanks so much. Karen, you wanna wrap up for us? Yeah, I just wanna remind everyone that Larry's book, The Violent Person at Work, is available in hardback and Kindle edition. Uh, if you would like to learn more about Larry, you can reach out to him on his website at larrybarton.com. And we're gonna have everything posted on our website, BC in the cloud. Um, and social media. So if you want to see it in, in writing, you can go there as well to get all that information. That wraps up this episode of C19 Daily. We'll see you soon.